0: This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Time now to take a look at some headlines that are coming out of China.
1: Yep, from the latest warning shot from the U.S. to China's efforts to mend fences with its neighbors and the fate of Chinese President Xi Jinping's common prosperity program.
0: Let's get some analysis on these headlines with uh, Tan Don Wei, China Bureau Chief for the Straits Times. Don, good morning. Let's start off with uh, the first issue. So according to analysts, the latest sanctions from the US covering a number of businesses for their ties to Russia uh, following the invasion of Ukraine include this Singaporean entity called Alex Song Private Limited. It's a Singapore-based telecom's electronics wholesaler and it acts as a, a bit of a warning shot to Chinese businesses with exposure to the market.
1: Talk to us about Beijing's reaction Dawn to the supposed latest warning shots from the US? And to what extent are the risks to Chinese firms' overexposure to Russia increasing more than ever now?
2: Hi, good morning. Well, there hasn't been any official reaction to the sanctions. It's not targeted at China in any case. But of course, that's not to say that the sanctions won't eventually be expanded, which could then involve Chinese entities. China has said quite explicitly that it isn't helping Russia evade existing sanctions, and there have been reports that when the U.S. imposed the first round of sanctions, Chinese diplomats in the U.S. were already proactively seeking specifics on the sanctions, which gave hope to U.S. officials that it wasn't going to try and circumvent it. Even though China has said it opposes sanctions and that it will continue to do business with Russia and that it will do what it takes to protect its own interests, analysts believe that China will comply with any sanctions that may affect it, because the costs are much higher if it doesn't. Its trade with the US and Europe are far higher than its business with Russia, and that's an economic relationship that it will not want to sacrifice. But it will at the same time maintain its economic relationship with Russia within the parameters of what is acceptable. Bloomberg just reported that Chinese importers are looking at possibly buying additional LNG or liquefied natural gas from Russia to take advantage of the low price now that Europe and other countries have stopped purchasing from Russia. And it's the same for Russian crude oil. Now, Don, with
1: the Ukraine crisis putting further strain on China's ties with the U.S. and the West as a whole, Beijing, it seems, has set its eyes on mending fences with its neighbors. And according to observers, China's diplomatic frenzy in the past two weeks shows the importance of its neighbors in Beijing's hierarchy of relations.
0: Yeah, Don, why is China seeing the need to urgently mend fences with its neighbors at this point of time? I mean, from your perspective, could this be perhaps an uphill task for China And how could China's latest move present itself as an opportunity to counter Washington's Indo-Pacific strategy?
2: There is some belief that because of the international pressure on China over its alignment with Russia and its refusal to condemn the war, the growing isolationism and its fraught relations with the U.S. are compelling it to go on a diplomatic drive, also to have other countries agree with its policy on Ukraine. Some analysts believe that Chinese diplomatic efforts have gone into overdrive because they are also taking advantage of the American preoccupation and distraction with Ukraine. Foreign Minister Wang Yi's recent visit to India to try and mend fences was seen as an attempt to find some commonality with India, which also has close ties with Russia and similarly abstained a couple of times on UN voting against Russia. But that didn't seem to go too far. And of course, President Biden has said that the U.S. remains committed to its Indo-Pacific strategy, despite what's going on in Europe, and that surely isn't music to China's ears. Yes, there is increasing wariness among Southeast Asian states about China's growing influence in the region, and surveys have shown that countries in the region continue to want U.S. presence to counterbalance China's might, especially also with unresolved disputes in the South China Sea. But practically all these countries also have significant trade relations with China, including Singapore. So the ASEAN-China relationship is something that China will have to continue cultivating. And each country in the region will also have to make its own calculations about how to
0: manage China. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. We're on the line this morning with Tan Don Wei, China Bureau Chief for the Straits Times. Uh, Don final issue. For the most of last year, uh China President Xi Jinping has trumpeted a signature program known as Common Prosperity aimed at redistributing more of China's wealth. All this amid concerns that elites have benefited disproportionately from the country's economic boom.
1: But here's the thing, Don, will President C's campaign to address economic inequality actually be at risk of being undermined during this time when COVID-19 measures have been tightened? Also, let's not forget China's perceived complicity with Russia. Will and can China's common prosperity really survive Russia's war against Ukraine?
2: We have heard a little less of this phrase in recent months and in fact last month Beijing shelved a planned property tax trial in a number of cities because of the housing slump and slowing economic growth. It is preoccupied with many more immediate issues now, especially how to hit that 5.5% GDP growth target that it set last month and which economists have pretty much all said was an ambitious target. It was bracing itself for slower growth this year, for sure, but it may not have anticipated such a massive COVID outbreak in the country that has swept through most of the provinces and most severely in Jilin province and now Shanghai, its financial capital. Not that long ago, Shenzhen, which is a vital economic city, was also in lockdown and still has many restrictive measures in place. And then there's the war in Ukraine, which has already had economic repercussions around the world, driving up commodity prices and shaking investor confidence. All this is weighing on China, whose priority is to keep its economy healthy and looking good, ahead of this year's party congress at the end of the year. Common prosperity is a long-term goal to be achieved by 2050, and it will involve a huge swath of policy changes, some of which we've already seen and are, in fact, still ongoing, such as the government's crackdown on tax evasion, which is still
0: happening right now. We've been speaking with Tan Don Wei, China Bureau Chief for The Straits Times. Thanks a lot, Don. We'll catch up with you again next week. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.